0: You're listening to The Pipeline Show with Guy Flaming.
1: Fine ham abounds, mom. All right, let's kick off this episode of The Pipeline Show looking at the uh, Memorial Cup and what happened. It just wrapped up, and a uh, guy who was there from start to finish, he's my CHL insider uh, today, and that's uh, Willie Palov. Uh, welcome back to The Pipeline Show, Willie. Uh, and from uh, the host perspective, being that you're in Halifax, not that you're hosting the Memorial Cup, but uh, pretty successful event by all accounts.
0: Yeah, in, in all ways it was successful. Uh, I mean, on the ice, you, you, d- you did have four really good teams. Um, and it's always a worry that the host isn't going to live up, but, uh, you know, they opened with wins over the OHL and WHL champions, so uh, they they were legitimate as soon as that happened, and then uh, the only team they couldn't beat was Rue and Aranda, the Quebec League champion, but that was a team that, Records for wins this year, so um, it was great on the ice, off the ice. Uh, it was a lot like the 2000 World Cup here. The average close to 10,000 fans, um, but they added some other wrinkles that were really popular. Um, out, free outdoor concert every day with uh, r- really good local bands and a few other things so yeah it was everything was good except the weather it rained a lot so <laughs> but there's nothing you can do about that
1: yeah that's true you can't control the weather that's for sure uh okay let's get to the the hockey on the ice you mentioned uh, Halifax looked really good they were they had the best record they had the uh the buy right to the final but uh when it was all said and done could not beat uh, the Huskies and saw that in the uh, the final of the queue it was the only team that beat Halifax uh, during the round robin play so When it's all said and done, it almost kind of feels right that Ron Randa won it, even though, obviously, disappointing for the local fans, but it kind of uh, worked out the way maybe we should have expected it to.
0: Yeah, I think that's fair. Um, You know, if you go all the way to the beginning, uh, Prince Albert, they they won Game 7 in overtime on a Monday at West, uh, had one day off, flew here on Wednesday, crossed three time zones, and had to play Halifax on the Friday opener. That was tough for them from the start. They actually played really well and then they played well again in their next game. But by the middle of that one, you could see that everything was catching up to them. I, I thought they had a good tournament, you know, so, uh, and comparatively, uh, Ruin Miranda had never seen Guelph for obvious reasons and, uh, they had a big, fast team with a lot of skill and kind of caught them asleep for, no more than maybe eight, ten minutes, um, but uh, was enough to beat them. So that was ruined around opener, a bit of an eye-opener for them. And then after that, they really settled into what I saw from them all year, which was a team that, uh boy, they, they just put so much pressure on the forecheck, and they skate, and they've got skill. And, you know, by the time they got into the semi against Guelph, and then, of course, the finals, Halifax, it was – no more than 30 or 40 minutes into the game and they had just worn down the other team. So as well as Halifax played yesterday in the first half of the game, it was all ruined around after that. And it, I think even Halifax fans would leave there feeling like, yeah, we, we did well to get this far. We played them hard, but, uh, the Huskies were the better team.
1: Back to back wins for uh, Mario Puliot uh, with, but doing it with two different teams. I know coaches have done it before, but has the coach ever won it back to back years with, with two different
0: teams? You know, not that I can think of. I, I feel like there have been two other times in the Quebec League where they've won the championship, but not in the Memorial Cup. I know they've won. I think there have been coaches who've won it for different teams, but certainly not back-to-back. But uh, he, he's an interesting case. Um, he coached in Rouyn-Noranda as an assistant years ago, uh, got the job, eventually made his way to Bathurst and won there, but um they went so deep. Uh, with the trades they made in Bathurst that he, he knew there'd be nothing left to, to coach this year and started looking around. And um, what's interesting about choosing Ruin Miranda was, was that his son was uh, one of the top scouts there for a few years and pretty much built that team. He left a couple of years ago. He's, he's now scouting for the Vegas Golden Knights, but um, Mario went back and had all the info on all of, all the kids that they had in place there, 20 of their 23 players, were drafted by the Huskies and developed there. So it's a great success story that way, but kind of an interesting little angle there with a family connection too.
1: I love that that it's basically a homegrown team. Yes, they added Noah Dobson and Joel Teasdale, uh, but what you just mentioned, they drafted 20 of the 23 players that they just won the Memorial Cup with. That's amazing.
0: It is. And this is a team that went to the Memorial Cup final four years ago. Right. So you know how the cycles go in junior. Um, if, if you're going to go all in, it's pretty hard to get back to the top that fast, but because they had done it through the draft and not just with first rounders. And, and that's why, you know, maybe, maybe guys like us who solve prospects are a little biased this way. But if you're scouting and you're finding really good players in the second, third and fourth round or even later in some cases, uh, you know, that's how you can keep your cycle from. Uh, you know, you can avoid hitting those real lows and they did that. So outside of uh, Dobson, Teasdale, uh you know, who are their last minute additions, everybody else pretty much grew up in that organization. And, and then, again, that's, that's a nice reflection of the small market situation too, because they don't have the budgets to bring in Europe, Europeans the way some of these bigger markets uh, teams do, or, or, you know, often uh, the top drafted players don't want to report there. So, I love seeing those smaller towns win like that.
1: Well, and we're seeing that all over right now. Uh, of course, uh, Bathurst winning last year, uh, Ruin Miranda this year. Out here, it's, uh, last year it was Swift Kurt, smallest market team in the dub and, uh, Prince Albert this year, the second smallest market uh, in the Western Hockey League, uh, winning league championships. So it, it's kind of cool to see the, uh, the small, the small markets, uh, having success despite maybe what we would perceive as big disadvantages.
0: Well, that's right, because, you know, the disadvantage the small market teams have is the tournament's too big for them to host now. Right. Uh, you know, maybe 30 or 40 years ago, you could put it in a rink that had three or 4,000 people, but, uh, every CHL league now is limited to, you know, maybe a half dozen places. So Halifax has had it twice in 19 years. It's probably going to go back to Moncton soon. Uh, it's been in Quebec twice in the last little while. Um, you know, so they get that host automatic entry. That's a huge advantage. But, uh, you know, these smaller places, they don't have that option. They have to earn their way there. So um, to see Bathurst and Ruin-Durand and do it back-to-back, and like you said, uh, Prince Albert and Mark Habshide made a real point of that in his closing press conference, uh, to, to see some success in a small market there, it's, it's, I, I feel like, anyway, it's really important for junior hockey.
1: Willie Palov, my guest, he's my CHL insider. He writes for the Halifax Chronicle Herald. The painful loss for the Mooseheads. I mean, they they were very impressive in the tournament. The, what's going to be a worse feeling for them looking back? though losing to an arch rival or knowing you blew a two goal lead halfway through a game?
0: Wow, both. Because don't forget, the uh, Miranda won the Quebec League Championship on their ice too. Mm. Uh, so within the space of a couple of weeks, they they had to watch another team celebrate. Uh, so, so that's tough. You know, losing is is bad enough, but you have to watch somebody else celebrate in your own rink. It's a you know, it's a little bit of an extra there, but, um, I suppose this, if you want to go really deep, uh, the Huskies went out and paid a pretty big premium for Joel Teasdale and Noah Dobson, uh, players that I know Halifax had interest in, but perhaps because they were hosting weren't quite as willing to pay that price. Mm. So, uh, they, they'll still have a good team next year. I, I suppose if you're, if you're them, you might think over the summer, well, maybe we should have uh, gone out and had them on our side, which, you know, obviously takes them off somebody else's roster too. But those what ifs are hard to uh, beat yourself up about. This is a team that, that was deep. They, they had good players at every position and they, you know, they made it to the championship game. So uh, they, uh, they deserve to be there and they, uh Represented the, the the league well too because as you know in the last ten or fifteen years we've seen some real duds as hosts so uh, you know good for them.
1: Uh, what did you make of the Guelph Storm? And you mentioned their size. I actually had picked Guelph before the tournament started uh, as I the team I thought would win, and I thought that size would actually be a, a determining factor. They ended up having four of the top eight scores, uh, three of the top or two of the top three scores in the tournament, but in the end uh, couldn't get past the semifinal
0: yeah you know i'll say two things about them i mean the book on them was that uh you know they avoided elimination so many times in the ohl came back from a 3-0 deficit once um so they were definitely the most pressure tested and, and i thought that that would work for in their favor as a tournament more along but and then their first game was uh against ruined Duranda and their size really stood out and also um not to get too technical, but they're really stretching the ice with some long passes and they could, you could see they, they knew how to break the game open, but, um, you know, with the way these things go, uh, you could tell that, uh, the Huskies had done a lot of video work and adjusted some strategy defensively, but also, um, they, they turned the pressure up on Guelph. They, they brought, you know, two, four checkers deep on them and they, they just wore them down. And, uh, while they were doing that uh you know they they put a lot of pressure on nick Suzuki, who had carried them so far and it, it felt like the pace uh kind of overwhelmed them a little bit which i i wouldn't have expected so um they did play well uh the wins they had they they were pretty impressive but in that semi-final uh by the third period they were just worn out by the huskies so it was it was I think more matter of, of Ruin Aranda outplaying them when when they had that big opportunity.
1: You touched on Prince Albert uh, a little while ago. Uh, if um, if there was one thing about the tournament I would change, it would be that the, the host and the, the other team from the host uh, uh, league would open the tournament so that the two teams traveling the furthest wouldn't have to play on opening night. So like next year, for instance, Kelowna, I would have Kelowna playing the other WHL team on opening night um, I, I'm not suggesting that that's why Prince Albert didn't win a game, but uh, what you pointed out, they they were the last team to qualify and they had to open the tournament. Probably not a good setup for them. Uh, what do you think if uh, if that change, if it's even possible, would you do it?
0: Well, I think at the very least, you you look at the geography and give the team that's coming the farthest the second game. So, uh, the team from the Quebec League next time it's out west, you know, don't put them on the first night. They're the one who has the time change and the furthest distance and all those things. I, I, I do think that if the Raiders had had an extra day to get to Halifax, uh, settle in a little bit, maybe change their sleep patterns a little bit, uh, it would have been a bit different. Because keep in mind, they were they were pretty close to winning that opening game. Um, so I, I do I do agree in the sense that uh, the host team should play on the first night, but let's, let's at least. Uh, you know, give them an opponent that's not coming cross country to start things off.
1: That said, Acadie Bathurst uh, went to Regina last year and uh, ended up winning. So I guess we shouldn't necessarily uh, (laughs) make it a uh, foregone conclusion that the team that travels the furthest is is not going to have success because they did it uh, just a year ago. Uh, When you look at Prince Albert, anybody in particular stand out uh, in a good way for you?
0: Yeah. Noah Gregor was really good. Um, I didn't know much about him before the tournament. Um, and I learned as the tournament went along that his dad actually played university hockey down here at Acadia. Yep, yep. So there was a little local tie in. Um, but he was really impressive. He was for me anyway, their, their best player. He was driving everything. He skates so well. And uh, I mean, I know he's a 20 year old, but his uh, maturity was really impressive too, you know, in his off ice interviews. Um, so that's the player that stood out the most. I thought he deserved to have a, an all-star spot. They didn't give anyone on the Raiders a spot on the tournament all-star team. That that would be one change I would have made. Hmm. Um, but yeah, he was good. And uh, obviously Ian Scott was great in goal. Uh, he, you know, had to deal with a lot of quality shots as you do when you get to this level, but uh, he looks like he'll be a good pro too.
1: Uh, is Was there a draft eligible player that uh, impressed you? I know you've seen a lot of, of Raphael Lavoie this year. Anybody else?
0: Yeah, well, Lavois was good uh he had a really good quebec league playoff He had 20 goals in 20 games i think it was you know led the league and second in scoring all that he, he was good he scored a really nice goal last night and he's a guy that needed to do that in front of scouts because uh he had some he had some lulls this year and uh, the talk was you know that could be a weakness they're finding you know when you're, you're talking about a player in the first round they're going to Analyze everything, right? And to, to see him tail off like that at times was a bit of a flag. Um, but more than that, I, I think there's some guys who, uh, were maybe passed over once or twice that did well. Felix bebo for Ruin aranda is a 19 year old and he was great, uh, tournament all star. I, I have to think he gets, uh, some attention now mm-hmm. and their, their leading scorer, well, the league leading score from the regular season, Peter. Peter Bandonato was great. You've got to think that translates into uh, a free agent contract. And uh, the only other guy I can really think of would be uh, Brett Leeson, who I'd heard a lot about, but uh, he looked gassed later on in the tournament. You can see his tools. So I, I think scouts have seen enough of him that it's not going to hurt him too much. But uh, they, there were definitely some flashes there where you could see the athleticism. So, um Interesting crop, but uh, but like I said, but a, a lot of times the, the bulk of the scouting's done before they even get here.
1: Yep, that's true. Uh, all right, well, we'll leave it with just any. Uh, what's going to be the lasting memory you have from uh, the 2019 Memorial
0: Cup in Halifax? Um, you know, probably that everything just fell in place, uh, like like you mentioned earlier on. Um, I think every league that hosts hopes that the host team plays the champion, uh, and they got that here, and then. Like we talked about, the best team won. I felt like um, I thought Noah Dobson was the best player. I'll remember that, and uh, I love seeing those smaller market teams win. So, you know, probably when looking back on that, that those will be the things that stand out for me.
1: It's hard to disagree with any of that, Willie. Uh, as always, I really appreciate your time. Uh, enjoy the off season. We'll be calling in about three months.
0: <laughs> right on, great. Thanks for having me. Nice talking to you.
1: Here's Willie Palov from the Halifax Chronicle Herald. Uh, always. Uh, Great to have on the Pipeline show, and uh, he had the bird's eye view there in Halifax for the Memorial Cup. Uh, lots been made about the WHL champions struggling at the Memorial Cup, something I'll probably weigh on here in the next uh, week or two uh, at dubnetwork.ca in my uh, Flaming Hot Takes uh, column that I write there. CHL Insider, as always, brought to you by the store next door in Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. They were tweeting out some pictures. We've had lots of smoke and fires in Alberta. There, uh, They, are, they they were having a flooding, and they were taking, this, putting some pictures up on Twitter of all the, the flooding around uh, Yarmouth, Nova Scotia. So environmental disasters uh, are becoming more and more regular, it seems, but we don't want to get too political. It's a hockey show, uh, but support The Store Next Door. Go to the uh, website, thestorenextdoor.ca. Check out uh, all the products that they have available and what they do with all the hockey sticks, the broken hockey sticks that they can collect. Maybe you can uh, locally organize something where you can collect a bunch of hockey sticks, gather them all together, talk to them about uh, shipping them to the store next door, and they'll uh, take care of the shipping costs if you're uh, sending in a big bundle, like five, 600 uh, broken sticks, something like that. Uh, and they will make some great products out of it. And uh, you can check that out at the storenextdoor.ca Look at their catalog and uh, just a, a quality group of people doing uh, great things for their community. Employing people with disabilities, and making some great products uh, for everybody to uh, to enjoy. Up next on the Pipeline Show, three consecutive episodes or segments where we will have the 2019 draft spotlight. Uh, up first, the captain of the Calgary Hitmen. His name is Mark Castelick, coming at us from Phoenix, Arizona. A guy who was passed over last year in the draft. It's not going to happen this year. Get to know him next. Dallas met him the puck. Now Dallas spins and fires.
0: Off his and it
1: stayed by hey, it's Carter Hart of the Everett Silver Tips, and you're
0: listening to The Pipeline Show. Nothing compares to the smile on a child's face after their wish has been granted. The Rainbow Society of Alberta is dedicated to granting wishes throughout the province to children who have been diagnosed with a life-threatening or severe chronic medical illness. And you can help too. View the wishes, refer a child, and donate at rainbowsociety.ab.ca or get involved as a volunteer. Having a wish come true fills a child's heart with hope and happiness. Visit rainbowsociety.ab.ca today.